We're back, baby. After a week off, we're back. Show number 35. Back at it again, folks. We're back. James is in uh, Medellin, and I'm in San Diego, so we don't have our dialed studio set up. We're using our uh, travel mics right now. Yeah, so we really were just taunting you the last show. We're back to the janky setup. Yeah, but we're going to be back in studio. We'll be back in studio next week. Yeah, we'll be back to good quality, but we had to get the show in because there's uh, exciting stuff to talk about with Grands just finishing. So we had to get a show in no matter what. Well, yeah, we got we got to give the fans what they want. You know, people were saying they want a grand show. They want they want the grand one. Well, we're here. We're giving you the wrap up. I mean, we got to wrap it up too because it's a fun. It's a. I like the wrap up shows. I, they're a lot of fun, and especially with grands being so cool with the uh, the night show on Saturday night. It's it's fun. It is fun. Um, yeah. Winning starts with the Great Gate, Pro Gate Europe. Connor had a bunch of really good starts in um, at the USA BMX Grands. So yeah, people, winning starts with the Great Gate, Pro Gate Europe. Like a Connor Fields one. If you want to, if you want to win the title, you have to get a good gate. You got to get a pro gate Europe. You got to get him on the pro gate Europe. Mm. There's no other gate, guys. There literally is no other gate. Um, yeah. So thanks for all the good feedback. Also, I had on last week's show about my career and stuff. We went through a lot of stuff, and it was a long podcast. So thanks everyone for listening, and thanks for the people reaching out and all the support and love. I was pretty, to be honest, I was pretty overwhelmed by all the love and support from. Um, when I came out and announced my retirement and as well with the podcast. So um, thank you very much, people. I, I really appreciate it. And it was a lot of fun for us to do that show too. Mike was in studio. It was, it was cool. Yeah, it was a blast, honestly. I'm glad we got, like, it gave time, like you said, you gave people time to listen to it because it was long, but there was a lot of good information and we got a lot of good feedback on it too. Yeah. So I think it was really cool. Yep. And now we, we move on to wrap up the grands. <laughs> well, first off, how does it feel to be retired have this now all out there, all public. People know your story. How does it feel? Uh, it feels good. Like it was a stressful few weeks doing it. And it was like kind of tough to do it, but mm-hmm. I feel good now. Like I feel lighter, and I just I don't know. It's kind of nice. It's really cool, actually. Um, it's a bit yeah. weird. It's a bit weird in a way. Like part of me still thinks I need to go to the gym and do squats and that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like wait, I don't actually have to do that now. No, you don't have to go train. You're not you're not preparing for a race. <laughs> I know. Um, but it's nice. I can kind of just do whatever. I think it's going to it's gonna take a little bit to get really used to it probably because it's a bit weird, just lifestyle change kind of. But mm-hmm. um, no, it's been nice. I've played some really good golf these last couple weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, what have you been up to now with all the free time? So I've played some really good golf. Um, well, I've still rode a few times for fun, and I still plan to because um, I like riding. Um, but also, yeah, played some good rounds of golf, um, going to the gym just to lift a bit and stay in shape. Um, also spent, um, American Thanksgiving with Savvy and her family in, uh, Westlake where our parents live. And so, yeah, it was fun. We went to Malibu and just hung out and then I head home today. Um, so yeah, only I'm, I'm newly dipped my toes into the retirement lake. <laughs> that sounds like like a nice little trip though getting to go spend the uh, Thanksgiving weekend with her there and go to Malibu live the Charlie Sheen life <laughs> dude Charlie I can't I uh, I can definitely see why Charlie Harper lives there dude the pictures and everything you were posting from there were beautiful dude the it's there. so nice It's it was freezing though dude I was on the beach with a big winter jacket I was gonna say I saw you in a parka and I was like okay bro dude's in Malibu Okay, he's coming from Vancouver, and I see him in a park. I was like, no way. Dude, it's not warm. Like It was probably the same weather at home as it was there. 
Seriously, hey. it was raining and cloudy and like had sun through scattered clouds and stuff, but it was cold. Like I dressed the same there that I would have at home. That's crazy. It's so weird to think that like, cause obviously it just sounds like Malibu. It sounds like beaches and sunshine all the time. I know, dude, it was freezing. Yeah, that's funny. Um, and you're in Medellin. I am. I made the trip down here to uh, spend a couple weeks with Carlos just for training though. I think a few people thought I was coming down to race because it was actually that race this weekend. I thought you were going down to uh, find your wife. Uh, yeah, that's actually why I came down. I was just on the, the hunt for my future wife down here, so <laughs> on that the was hunt. the real reason. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm actually, yeah, just going to spend a couple weeks here, just do some training. Um, there's actually a whole shot challenge tonight. It's Tuesday, so it's tonight. Oh, on their amateur track? for fun. On their amateur track? Yeah, it's like, um, I don't know which track it is. Um, it's the one with the weird berm jump that's like goes over a 90 degree corner. Oh, Envigado. Envigado, that's the one, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, it's, yeah, so it'll be fun, just do the whole shot challenge, and then, yeah, the race is this weekend, but I'm not in any shape to be racing yet, just with all the gym, so I was like, I don't plan to go bang some bars with these guys right now. Oh, and the track is so gnarly. Yeah, the, that, I, we went there to practice last night, and like wasn't even going full speed was just going hard to the first jump, and then I'd coast to the turn, and we were still hauling ass into the turn. Oh, yeah, dude, that, that track is so cool and fun, but it's so tech. you got to be so switched on for every jump. Seriously, yeah, yeah. Um, but so. that's cool. Are you going to just watch and hang out? I think so, yeah. Like, I got some training to do that day, but hopefully I can do that and then just go watch and then go to the after party because I've heard <laughs> that's a good one there. Yeah, you're going to go to the after party? <laughs> oh, heck yeah. It's off-season. you got to enjoy your time. It is, it is a fun one. That one is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so I look forward to it. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, so we had a Sylvan social media check-in. It's pretty big news. Um, I thought this one was huge. Yeah, yeah Nick's not going to be on Haro anymore. Damn, it's been a talk about like a big change. Dude's been on it. He's he's like what I see as the face when I hear someone talk about Haro. Yeah, like when you when people are on brands that long, they you identify them with the brand and the brand with them. Like when I think of Haro, I think of Nick and Brooke. Straight up, yeah. That's yeah, I think of back in those like rock, horror rock star days when they had all the tatted guys with DB and yeah. uh, Kalen Young. Everyone was just tatted up. And yeah, they were that cool looking team. You think of Nick and Kal- or uh, Kalen and DB on the team also. Mm-hmm. So that'll be. So that's some pretty big news. That is some pretty big news, and he's going to be joining Hyper. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Hey, he's going back to his dad's team, which I think is really cool. Going back to his roots. So, how long do we think Nick's going to race still? If we had to guess. Well, are we just taking guesses? Yeah, let's guess. Are we guessing like how long he's gonna race in Double A? Yeah, how long? Is, how many more years is he gonna race Double A? You think? Uh, I'm thinking five years. I'm going big. No. I love Nick. Five years? Oh yeah, Nick's in it for the long haul, baby. You he's shitting me? Five years? Well, he's thirty now, right? He's thirty, so he's gonna race Double A when he's thirty-four. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh Nick's my god. Unstoppable, bro. I think. <laughs> I think he'll probably do one, maybe two years. Like, he'll do next year, and then I think maybe he'll probably do another year and, like, announce that it's going to be his last year. So I think he'll do two more years. How old was uh, Afro Bob when he retired? He had to have been 32, I would think. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking Nick's going 33 then. Oh, that'd be sick. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be sick. Oh, that would be cool. But the sport, like, the sport needs kind of legends like that you know like people love nick and he's he's been a part of the sport for so long it's gonna people yeah. are gonna be really sad when he retires and so it's it's cool that someone like that who was 
um, a young guy kind of when Supercross and that kind of stuff first came into the sport that he's still racing. That's sick. Mm-hmm, that's so cool. It's like he's Chad, every it's like every dad's favorite pro out there. It's like Chad Reed <laughs> racing motocross still. Like even though he's not um, on the podium or winning like he used to, it's still cool. Yeah, and people still love him. He's still a fan favorite. People still go to the race to watch him. Yeah, and he's yeah. Still, and obviously Nick's still fast and capable of podium and being in the main and stuff. So that's cool. Yeah, him seeing him back in both mains on the weekend was awesome. Yeah, was we'll so get cool. we'll get into it, but that was really cool. Mm-hmm. All right, before we get into our our main topic. Um, I saw you have a rant here. Yeah, I have a rant. I don't know how like accurate it is. People might get mad at me, but like, why were like? Okay, I know it's the night show and they're trying to make it a show and take their time. But man, they were rolling out all the juniors like the like they do the pros and the double A's. What was that all about? I don't know. Maybe they just want to make a show out of everyone. I like I understand that, but I felt like it was just dragging it on. Like I guess they they probably want to take their time and they need to make it longer. But I was like, make the pros, the elites, or whatever, the spectacle. You don't need to roll the Nag 5 Challenge out, the juniors out. Come on. I think one of the first – I did the Nag 5 Challenge twice, and the second time, at the beginning of the night, we all did like a walkout, rollout thing on this little platform in front of the stands. That's cool. Like, like everyone like at the, right at the beginning? Yeah, right at the beginning. But okay. it does take quite a bit of time, but, but people might like but. to know who the riders are. Yeah, I get that too. It was kind of one of those in between rants where it's just like I'm not like 100 percent against it, but it was also kind of like, why are we doing it? It's not a fully committed rant. Yeah, I didn't want to fully commit because I wasn't fully committed inside. Like, I think it's cool for all those riders because like they're in the show, give them experience being under the lights and like all that. But I was like, yeah, I'm trying to watch this. I'm trying to wait, like wait for my flight, and like the flight was boarding, and I was like, hey guys, like hurry up and do this fucking rollout. I'm trying to watch the pros here. But you're cool with just the pros doing it then, or just double A's and women elite, I guess. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. In between rant. In between. All right, people. So <laughs> we've got a lot of messages, and a lot of people have obviously seen what happened in Vet Pro this past weekend. Um, so I guess a quick recap of what happened for those of you that didn't see or that are living under a rock and don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, people. Um, so basically, Tyler had a big points lead going into the grands on the Mosquito because I think Ty- Tyler won like 14 rounds, and I think Mosquito won like four. Um, the rounds when Tyler wasn't there, I guess he won. So going in, I think Tyler had to get like a seventh basically. And Mosquito had to win, I think to, um, something like that. I think to, something like he already had it wrapped up. Yeah. So basically had to get, we had to do really not well. And so Tyler won the first two mains was killing it and he looked good all weekend. I don't even think he lost a lap probably. Did he lose a lap? Not that I know of. Yeah, no, probably, maybe like the first day he won, he lost one main. Yeah, but like, no, he was on it. Again. Yeah, he was on. He was killing it. And then Mosquito last last round was in second, goes inside the last turn, turns left into Tyler, runs him over the turn intentionally, and then gets disqualified. And and then I guess so. Tyler went over the turn, crashed obviously. And then Mosquito crossed the line, and he would have won the title, I guess. And they disqualified him, and then Tyler won it. Oh, would he have won the title if he didn't get disqualified? I think that's what I heard. So, what do you think of the move and stuff? Let's talk. About, let's talk about it. All right, let's talk. Okay, to be honest with you, I I don't think it was. Um, I don't think that he needed to be DQ'd for it. Um, I think at the end of the day, like I'm not going to say it was a clean move, but when you're at the fucking grands, you're in a final going for the win and possibly the title. 
Like you're going to do whatever you have to do. That's, that's part of the grands, the big show, the last turn, like people going for the blasts. I mean, I, I think he got his elbow in front of him and then he, he put him off the track. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like he had to do what he had to do. And that was the movie he had to do to get the win and maybe the title as, as if he thought in his head at least. Yeah. Okay. I see your point. Yeah. I think he, sh- he should have been DQ'd because, okay, first of all, people, you hear me say this? Fucking chill down here because I know people are yelling F you, Tori, at their speakers right now. So <laughs> let's just chill down for a second, people. I'm about to tell you why. You good, people? Okay, let's cool. Hear. All right, cool. People, calm down. <laughs> so I'm all for aggressive racing. Obviously, I've always raced aggressive and made aggressive passes. I think that's all cool. So if you had gone in there and just tried to pass Tyler and then they bumped or he didn't bump or whatever, that's totally cool. But I think the line is, like, you can't go on the inside like he did, turn left, and run someone off the turn. And I'm not saying it was a super dangerous move or, like, or like he went out there to kill him. Because, obviously, it wasn't, like, super gnarly. He didn't T-bone him or anything. Tyler's fine. He probably hardly even crashed over the turn. So I'm not saying the severity of the move was really dangerous or anything. Um, but you can't go into a turn that's right-handed, turn left, run someone off the track intentionally, and just think it's all cool. Like, in my opinion... Race really hard and race fair, and if you guys bump and one person crashes as you're going for a pass, that's cool. But I think the line for no DQ or DQing someone is intent. So I think if someone goes in with the intention to pass someone, that's cool, and then whatever happens, happens. But if you go in with the pure intention to go into someone and deliberately run someone off the track, then I think that's where you cross the line and you should be DQ'd. So I think he should have been DQ'd. Okay, but our sport is not like we're, we are a contact sport. And it, it, what if at the end of the day, like he had to, unfortunately, he, he had to put him off the track to get the win. So you're <laughs> saying that he should just basically, you know, let up and just pass him and just take the loss, basically? Well, yeah, like if we allow people to r- deliberately run people off the track, what are we going to have here? When are you going to DQ someone then? But I think, like, if you're in front, technically you have the right of way to go wherever you want on the track. So. No matter what, if you're an inch in front or not, if you move over to the white line and put somebody off the track, it's not your problem because you're in front. You have the right of way. I know he hit him and pushed him off the track, but it's a turn. Like There's going to be bumping. Yeah, of course there's going to be bumping, but you can't deliberately turn left into someone and ride him off the track, I think. And just think I, that I it's okay. I think, I think it's like if it was any other race, like I don't think I think it would be like, okay, bro, come on. like You don't need to do that. But there's a title on the line. Like The guy went in the last turn. He got in front of him. It's not like he pushed him from behind. He got in front of him. He went straight up the turn after, yes. Put him off the turn. But he did with that because he had to because he knew that he needed him, Tyler, I guess, to get a worse spot, I would think. So where's the line then to DQ someone in your eyes? If you go straight into somebody and you're not ahead of them. That's exactly so what he, he did. Ran, no, but he, he wasn't. His elbow was in front. Like I'm, Here's the thing. Like, I'm, not all, I'm all for Tyler. Me and him are friends. I love Tyler. I think he should have won the title. He deserved it. But at the end of the day, Mosquito went in straight into the turn. He got his elbow in front right at the last second. He was technically in front and then pushed him off the track. Dude, he turned left. He, in like, he turned left he into him. He turned he left into him. him. It's not like he ran into his bike or ran into the back of him. Like, if you run into the back of somebody, okay, bro, like, that's a dick move. Like, you're not in front of the guy. You're just pushing him off. Like, he went in, deliberately got in front of him, and then went up the turn. Did he rode him straight off the track? Exactly. But he was in front. He had the right of way. Okay, I think the move would have been fine if you just went in, stuffed him, and turned away. But you can't deliberately put someone off the track, I think. I think that's where the line is crossed, intent. Look at it like this then, too, then. Here's the difference. If he was, like, 
if it was a more of a bank turn, maybe he could have turned more. But at the end of the day, we all know those turns are slippery as hell. So the line he took, he's going to have to end up going straight up that turn. Okay. So then, whether he the, carved early and went straight after, I mean, he would have had to go pretty damn high anyways. There's a big difference, though, because, yeah, he, he went in inside, so obviously he's going to have to go to the top and kind of pivot. But he went, obviously, in purpose into Tyler because he knew he had to put him off the track. Exactly, yeah. So that's when I think it's a bit dirty. I'm fine with people going in and people crashing if they're legitimately trying to pass, but he wasn't actually trying to pass. He was trying to put him on the ground. I mean, yeah, put him over the turns. What do you get? I mean, I'm all for It's the fucking grands, people. Like, you got to fucking go for it. Yeah, but then where's the line for DQ? You got to have the line somewhere, and I think that's intentionally taking someone out. My line for DQ is if you're, if you're not in the, in the lead. What do you mean? Like, like I said, if you're in front, if you get that elbow in front, that's that's all fair game. You got, you made the move. Now you finish your move. If you're from behind and you don't make the move, and all you do is finish, like the guy, he went that's beyond. To me. He went, that's my line. He went beyond finishing. He could have finished exactly. and stuffed him, but instead he put him off the turn deliberately. Yeah, but he was in the lead at that point. He got his elbow in front. You're telling me if you were in any kind of race where you had a title on the line, you wouldn't do the same thing. Probably, and I probably would have got DQ'd. <laughs> Honestly, though, I don't know. I don't know. I've never deliberately taken someone out like that. I actually don't know. I, no, I Cause I mean, I, I've deliberately do Because, I, I mean, people might be laughing because, obviously, I raced yeah. aggressive. And I have. Of course, I've raced aggressive. But I've always done it to try and make the pass on someone. I've never gone in deliberately trying to put someone over a corner or something. No, I, I totally agree. I've been the same way too. Like you go in to make the pass, and then if you do hit them and they go off the turn, well, sometimes that happens. Like I pr- what yeah. I probably would have done, I probably would have gone in and stuffed them. Like finished the move completely at the top and stuffed them. But I don't know. But if you stuffed him, like let's be real, those turns are soft too. He probably would have crashed. <sighs> you, then if he crashes, he crashes. But you, I don't think you can deliberately go into somebody. Do you think he just went up the turn and went to stuff him and hold him up there and then Tyler just ended up going off the track because, let's be real, Tyler had more speed coming around the turn? No, he went in... Wait, say it again? So, like, let's, let's look at it the other way. So, Mosquito went in the turn and went really low. He's going to basically have to slow down as he comes up the turn to make it like because he was going straight up. Yeah. Tyler's coming around with a lot more speed. At the end of the day, they're going to collide somewhere with the lines they were taking, with the line Mosquito took. I think, like, it could have just been, like... They connected. He planned to connect and cut him off and hit him. And then because of where they were on the track, Tyler just went off the turn. Yeah, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I, he went up the, deliberately into him. He could have just stuffed him and moved on, and Tyler would have let up. Like, he actually was late letting up when he saw him. But the way he okay. moved left into him, there's no chance that that wasn't going to happen. That was deliberate. All right, I still think it was fine. Like I said, I'm... I'm not. A, I'm a. I'm a Tyler fan. I don't even know Mosquito at all, <laughs> but I think the move was fine. Um, it's the fucking Grands. Side note, though, we've Tyler's got a lot of hate on social media and stuff. Okay, first of all, he's not even. The, he didn't even protest. He was gonna go talk to Mosquito after the race and settle it and just whatever. And so anybody that's getting mad at him needs to chill the hell. Yeah, fuck seriously. Up. Like, what the fuck, people? This is a rant. Yeah. What is wrong with you but, people? Like, do you both... think honestly that he's the one that's just saying you guys need to DQ him? No, he's a racer at heart. Yeah, he this, understands. this is the rant, people. Tyler wasn't going to DQ. He didn't DQ. He didn't. Uh, I mean, protest. He didn't protest. He wasn't going to protest. He was going to go talk to um, Suarez and probably handle the two of them and just whatever happened happened kind of thing. USA BMX <laughs> decided to DQ him, which is their 
you know, agree or disagree, that's their call. Um, yeah, they're the ones that host the race, and they're the ones that have the officials running it. So and, you got to live by those rules. Yeah, and Tyler won the title. So people, chill the fuck down here. Like, don't, <laughs> like, who do you, like, how unhappy do you have to be, and how pathetic is it to just send them hate on social media or whatever? Like, that's ridiculous, people. Yeah. Look yourself in the mirror. Grow up. And seriously, by the sounds of it, he was gonna Tyler was gonna win anyways. Dude, he like, won. Yeah, he, he already won the first two rounds. He, I think he had the title wrapped. He won everything the whole year. So let's chill down, people. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, let's, I need to calm down. Anyone who says he doesn't deserve the title or something, you're an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> like, seriously, he yeah, won the whole people, year. So let's we need to calm down here. <laughs> yeah. So seriously, yeah. Um, but it gives us uh, two idiots something to talk about. Yeah, I mean that's a nice part. Yeah, we yeah. can have a good discussion that's a nice about part. it. Um. So, getting to cool the- to see. Let's be real though. Cool to see a good battle between them. Like whether the move went down or not, it was cool to see them going like head to head, like they were again. No, that's what you want at the grands. I mean, that's what you want. You want drama and excitement at the grands. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the track in general, what'd you think? Um, what I think, uh, I thought the first straight was okay. I always wish it was a little bit longer because it looked like the roller in between made for middle amount of sprinting but i think that still worked out um i wasn't really a big fan of the second straight though the jumps looked the pro jumps looked a little mellow um the size looked good but the landings looked a little mellow uh, but i did like the rhythm section that that was really cool good long good size rhythm section to me it looked like the grands in 2003 the first year i won as an amateur and i still remember the track it was like almost the exact same Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they. I wonder if USA BMX like goes goes back in the archives and looks at tracks and models them after that. I wouldn't be surprised. Like honestly, if they just once they get for a certain amount of years, they just use the same track design, maybe modify a couple jumps. Yeah. It didn't look bad though. Like like you said, it looked pretty good. Like decent first straight. It was hard to tell. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like a super long first straight, which is kind of annoying because no. I always they have so much space at the grands and I'd like to see them make the first straight long cause they have so much room and they don't even use a lot of it for the first straight. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Like let's, like, let's make it as long as possible, honestly. Yeah. But, um, yeah. other than that, it looked like there was some, there was places to pass and places to go fast. So actually this grants track I thought was pretty good. Yeah, I did. I actually liked, like, I wasn't a fan of this amateur second straight, the weird tabletop. Oh yeah. But I was a fan that it actually worked out in A Pro. There was some passing going on in either side. Like some people passed down the pro set in the amateur classes and A Pro, some people passed down sorry, some people passed on the pro set, some people passed on the amp side. Like it worked both ways. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, double A was a it was cool to watch. Like Connor obviously Connor and Corbin were I think were head and shoulders above everyone. Yeah, to be honest, I was I've never viewed Corbin as one to do like amazing there. Like I understand his amateur days with you guys that he killed it, but in the elite class, I've never known him to be like I guess shining there. And uh, I was a little concerned that he was just going to get smoked, but he put up a good battle and he won. I mean, he won the race both days against Connor. Um, they went back and forth like the races, so I thought that was really exciting. And dude, I didn't realize, but apparently he barely made it out of motos on the Grands Day. Dude, yeah, he was the last one out. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch motos. I saw like semis on or whatever. But he got like he had yeah. twelve of the three in, and so I flicked on the semis. I saw him in seven. And I was like, what the fuck? Did he pick seven? <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, it was close. I was watching the motos before. And I was like, he wasn't looking too hot. Like a couple of times, I think he just got unlucky in a position that he was in. But no, it was he wasn't looking too good for him at first, and then to make the main, and then to actually win those last two mains, I was like, damn, okay, he brought it. Dude, really, he had a really impressive semi on the Grands Day from seven. I think that might, maybe that would have flipped 
Like, I think winning that semi from seven probably okay. calmed him down and was probably like, okay, now we're good to go here. Like, that was an impressive win. Yeah, honestly, yeah. He came across He came across really well. I was in second behind Maie, and then he passed him through the pro section. That was a really good lap. That was impressive. Mm-hmm. That would have set the tone, I think, for that coming into the next three mains. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. Like, the yeah. first day, the ROC for, for Connor is essentially useless. Because he already had all his wins, right? Yeah, so it doesn't even mean anything. So you're literally out there just just racing. You're basically just trying to play blocker and just try to get let him not get another win. <laughs> I always I always kinda wondered like if they if guys are like that, maybe don't race or just race a few laps or something, but I guess they probably have to race and probably want to. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I always thought that about yeah, George too, because he used to, or at least in previous years, he's he's got his wins so early in the season. That I feel like the last the other races he's just going there to either play blocker and just make some money. Yeah, but I think also you get into the rhythm and stuff, and if you don't, it might be kind of hard to come in the next day when everyone else is already firing after a day of racing. Like I think you just gotta totally. you gotta just floor it the whole weekend. Yeah, t- totally true. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but it was good to see old Johnny Johnny Holshot back in the mains too. Nick Long. He was flying. It was awesome to see. Yeah, it was good. I good. To- it's good to see him be back in the main because he loves the, the grands by the sounds of it. He put in some good work beforehand. He just got married. You know, that's, that was awesome. Dude, he was pulling. Dude, he had some, yeah, he had some serious pull. He was pulling. I, I, I kind of laughed. The last gate of the weekend, um, the third main, he was beside Connor, and Connor was in seven, and he was in six. It didn't look like he tried to gate that hard because I think he knew he was probably going to get cut off. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll just, yeah, I'll just let you go here, pal. <laughs> but but overall, I was really stoked to see Nick back in the mains because obviously he loves the Grands. He's a fan favorite. And it was cool just to see him race really well. Mm-hmm. It feels like he was back to kind of his old form because it sounds like he's dealt with some, a lot of back injuries and just a lot of little nagging injuries throughout the years. So to see him back, I think, healthy and performing well, that was, yeah, that was really cool. Agreed. And um, speaking of older veterans in the class, Big Jeff was looking frisky out there. Dude, his one, two, three as well, man. He had some serious pull down that first straight too. Big Jeff Upshaw, he was looking good. Yeah, yeah. He, he has some like almost like a slingshot style gate at that race, or nowadays not at that race nowadays. And I really liked how it worked on that Amtrak. I feel like his one, two, three came around so quick. Dude, I, I really like his gate form. His gate's good. Yeah, his gate's really good. It comes out low, really efficient. I, I really like his gate. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it was cool. I'm a fan. He used to slingshot back in the day, so that's probably why he probably kind of made it a hybrid gate when he switched over to the random gate. I wonder. I think he probably would have. Like it makes sense, and I think the like the gate of the grands and stuff. It's not like it's super quick by any means. So if you can, like you said, do a little bit of a hybrid one, I think that would work. That would work pretty well. He's got a sneaky good gate. Like no one ever talks about how good his gate is, but if you actually watch him gate and watch him in mm-hmm. in laps, he's he's really good out of the gate. Oh, yeah, he can get out quick, yeah. Yeah, he's really good. And, I, and it's funny because he's not talked about that often, but he's got a really good start. Yeah, because it seems like he hasn't done all the races nowadays. He's doing his, like, his team he runs, I think. He does some coaching and stuff. But, yeah, when he comes to play, he, he shows up these days. Yeah, he really does. Um, yeah. was. I think Maie, Romain Maie, was probably the fastest best guy besides Connor and Corbin. Yeah, I would agree. He had some serious pull, whole shot of the semi, won a bunch of the motors, I think. He's a horse. Quick. He's a horse. Oh, yeah, he really is, doesn't he? Yeah, like, he, he can whole shot anywhere, anytime. Yeah, all those Frenchies, man, it's insane. Like, even uh, Ren Crow was there. He was, like, going fast as usual. Um, Romain was 
in both the mains again. I wouldn't say Romain was looking too hot off the start, but they're, all three of them were just always in the in the mix. Yeah, they were really good. It was cool to see Ren Carell get on the podium. And was that he said in his post that his first podium in the U.S.? Oh, I didn't even read. I might, I think I missed that. Yeah, I saw in his post it said first one in a couple of years or something. So I'm wondering if it was his I, first one in the U.S. or he just hadn't got one for a while. I thought he had one in like old. Yeah, I thought he got or, one in Phoenix. Phoenix. Maybe not. He did get one in Phoenix. Did he? Uh, you know what? You keep talking about it. I'm going to go look this up right now. I'm pretty sure he got one in Phoenix. What year in Phoenix did he podium? Either last year or this year. Last year. I don't think he podiumed last year in Phoenix. Okay, it had to have been this year then. I mean, back in my day. I was there last year. <laughs> <laughs> back in my day. I can officially say back in my day now. That's so funny. Yeah, I don't... You yeah, know, dude. Yeah, this year, he was he was on the podium in... in phoenix okay i don't know what he's talking about then never mind yeah either right. way it was he was hauling ass like i i feel like he has had a bunch of fourths and a bunch of fifths so that was cool to see yeah good to see him good to see him yeah um anything yeah. else on double a before we call up connor oh we forgot to say our fucking guests of the show we're having connor and felicia on today <laughs> classic uh you know it's been a week guys give us a break <laughs> yeah well so uh we'll call up connor here yeah let's give him a call Connor Fields, thanks for coming on the show. USA BMX number one pro. How good does that feel? What's up, man? Uh, yeah, it feels great. It's um, you know, it's it's something I think that's extra special for us as Americans. I mean, we grow up, you know, watching when we were kids. You know, whether it was Warwick Stevenson or Kyle Bennett or Bubba Harris or you know all the guys doing it. When we grew up, and um, you know, to to do it and make that childhood dream come true is a really cool feeling. How does this compare to the to the first one? It's totally different, um, and we'll get we'll get into the details, I guess. And um, the first one was so exciting; it was such a cool feeling. I had come really close a bunch of times. I got second and third, and to kind of break through and and win, um, it was you know really really special and incredible feeling. And um, this one was great too. Don't get me wrong; I was stoked. Um, but it was a little bit more of like a relief in a way, um, <clears throat> just with the situation and the points the way they were. And um, I had gotten really sick two weeks before. Like I'm still sick now. I got the flu two weeks before the Grands and didn't leave my house for like five days. Uh, um, barely touched a bike for a couple weeks before the race. And just to be able to kind of make it through the weekend and, and get the job done, it was, I guess, a little bit more of a relief. Um, what was the po- what was the point situation like between you and Corbin going in? Yeah, and that's a question I got a lot because I don't think very many people, other than maybe the pros, know the way the point situation works for USA BMX. So the way it works, make it real simple: you take your ten best scores from the season plus the grands. Um, your during the season, a win is worth two hundred. Oh, we lost him. We lost him. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Hopefully he comes back. The rider you beat. So, um, you know, winning a big race like Phoenix or Old Tomorrow is worth more than, you know, winning a small race like South Park. And then the Grands okay. is worth double. So there's an 80-point spread between every position. First, second, third, it's 80 points. So going into the Grands, I had 10 wins. So I had got max scores. Um, and then Corbin had five wins and five seconds. So going into the grands, I had like 143 or 140 something point 
gap. So it wasn't enough to make it two spots, um, but it was enough to have one. So no matter what happened at the Rock, uh, if I won, I couldn't spread it to over 160. And if he won, he couldn't cut it to under 80. So the Rock was kind of meaningless. It, it didn't have any effect on the points, um, which made it kind of hard to you know, gear up and get ready to go and, and fire up for that. Uh, so going into the Grands, it was... I needed to finish one spot behind Corbin. Um, but obviously after the rock, we did three mains and we both finished first or second in all three mains. So I kind of figured I would need to either win the race or get second to, you know, lock up the title. And that was a, a weird situation too, because normally it's just, you get in the gate and you go and you try to win the race. And, um, you know, I, I, I really only have one speed. It's just go. But in this scenario, um, I wasn't feeling great. Obviously, I was a little under the weather. Um, I knew Corbin was either going to win or get second for the most part, unless something weird happened. And so I had to race to try to win, but also try to be smart and don't get anything worse than second. So it was kind of a weird mental situation going into that whole thing. Yeah, did, so all those factors combined, did, it, did you have to try to race a little differently, even like once you were in second place, because like you said, you kind of only have one speed, but did you have to kind of tell yourself a few times just it's okay just to stay in second here behind him? Yeah, so I wanted to know the details just so I knew what I had to do, right? Like, I didn't want to be potentially sitting behind Corbin in the third main and not try to make a pass, but lose the title because I didn't try to make the pass. So that's why mm-hmm. I, I calculated the points out. Um, and then going into the main, I had first pick in the final, but with the three main system, having first picks almost a bit of a disadvantage because no matter where I go, Corbin could pick inside me twice. Yeah, so it's and, actually an advantage to get second if it's kind of a one versus one. Yeah, and all six mains were won by whoever was inside out of me or Corbin. Crazy. That's <laughs> so, crazy. Yeah. You know, I um, I thought you know I even considered purposely getting past in the semi uh, to not get first pick, but. You know, ultimately, I decided, um, you know, I can't race like that. Just, I just got to go do my job. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, he was in lane. He, he had last pick in the semi, so it wasn't, you know, any sort of guarantee that he was going to have first or second pick in the in the final. So, yeah, I just ended up, you know, talking to my coach, and we. I was trying to figure this out. I'm like, you know, normally you'd go three, six, one to put yourself on the inside in the last one, but. I didn't really know. I did that at Rock, and I didn't know if that was the right move. So we just decided to start in lane one, try to put a couple of good scores on the board in the first and second round and ease the pressure on the third round. Um, You know, it ended up working perfectly. I won the first main. I got second the second main. And then, you know, I asked um, my buddy, to Joey Bradford, who was there, and I said, hey, can you just do the math for me? I need to know what place I need to get. Because, again, I want to know the points. If I'm in fourth... I need to know if I need to try to make a pass for third or not, or fourth is enough to get the job done. Um, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me. Um, so going into the last main, uh, I was sitting on three points. Corbin was on four. And then the next two were May A and Ranquell, who each had eight. So in theory, if May A or Ranquell won, they'd have nine. I needed to get fifth. That would have given me eight points, which would have guaranteed me second place overall. So going into the last man, I needed to get fifth to absolutely guarantee it. And then 
I figured, you know, obviously at this point we'd raised five mains. Corbin or I had won all five, so I kind of figured Corbin was going to likely win. So if Corbin won and Jeremy or uh, Romain Maillet got second, I would need to get sixth. So that's a really weird feeling as well going up to the hill, like, you know, get top five, get top five. Like, in the semi is top four. Now we're trying to get top five. Like, it was, it was just a weird feeling how long and Oh, he's cut out for a second. Connor, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, can hear you. Yeah, Man, that's good. a that's a lot of stuff to balance mentally going in and still having to focus on what you have to do. That's a lot. It is. It's tough. It, you know, the last time I was, I was, I've been up for the title. I've been outside chance a few times, but there's been twice I've been really up for the title, and it's been winner takes all. In 15, it was winner takes all with me, Cam, and Joris, and then in 17, it was winner takes all with me and Joris. This is the first time I've ever had this situation where I didn't need to win, so it was it was tough for sure. It's, it, it's almost harder this way, even though you want to be in this position. It was almost harder than you know just having to try to win the win the championship. What was it like racing someone like Corbin for the title? Because obviously you guys are both from the U.S., both live fairly close and have raced each other your whole life, battled as amateurs. Was it kind of cool? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, you know and. I think because we grew up racing each other and I mean, you were in the mix and we had a really stacked age group growing up. And I think we've helped push all of us, help push each other to the levels that we reached. And, and, you know, I think without Corbin, I wouldn't be where I am today and, and, and vice versa. Um, we, we just push each other to be better all the time. And um, it was a weird feeling because it was, it was like flashbacks to 13 expert. Yeah, you know no kidding. I mean? Yeah, <laughs> no was, kidding. <laughs> it, it was tough, and uh, but at the same time, Corbin's one of my favorite guys to race because he's he's smooth, he's consistent, he rides smart, he rides clean. You know, he, he I knew it was just going to be a, a, a clean fight, and and it was it was good to battle him like that. Yeah, I've I've always I always really liked racing Corbin just because you know what you're going to get. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He does. Doesn't make mistakes. He's smooth. He, he's consistent. You know, he's you know exactly what you're gonna get. That's exactly right. Um, looking back in the year a bit, so you missed the first few rounds due to an injury, right? Yep. Yeah, I didn't start racing until um, March. Atlanta was my first one. And so, was it still your goal to win the title? You thought you could get your scores in still, like you did? Yeah. So, I mean, I missed the first few World Cups. So I knew that one was out. So then, my two that I was looking at, obviously, the Worlds are the biggest event of the year. So that was that one's always on the radar, and then. I wanted. I knew next year with the Olympic stuff coming up that I wouldn't, you know, be as focused on the USA BMX stuff. So I figured this year would be a really good year to kind of go for it. And um, I did the math, and I was going to get then before the grands, and you need ten scores. So I kind of knew I needed to get one win a weekend, um, or average one win a weekend, to go into the grands with a chance. And that was my goal, and um, it ended up working out well. I, I won ten. On the, on the year and um, put myself in a really good position, so it, it worked out well. How did that take any uh, any pressure off you? Kind of like knowing that you already had your scores. Like I know you said the points going into the weekend were it was still basically whoever won, but uh, knowing you had the ten and Corbin didn't was that kind of just a little bit of relief? Yeah, I mean it was. I mean I I finished the USA BMX season really strong. I lost like one race since Salt Lake, so. You know, I was had some good positive momentum, and I mean, you guys are race, you guys know how it is. It's it's easy to keep it going when you have the positive momentum. It's a lot harder when you know you've been not doing so well to turn it around. 
So, you know, obviously doing well all year has built the confidence and um, put me in a good position that I didn't need to win the rock. I didn't have any pressure on the rock. Um, and it, it just gave me that little cushion going into the grands where I knew I, I didn't need to absolutely win. And it was, uh, it was good to have that for sure. How does this title, like the USA BMX title, obviously it's a year long. It's the longest one to win. Um, how does it, how does it rank amongst, you know, titles you've won and, and that kind of thing? Yeah, it's, they're all different. Um, they're all really different to win and they're all hard to win, um, in different ways. So a title like the Olympics or the world's, it's just one day. And basically to win, you have to be perfect on that day. You have to, you know, your training has to go well. You've got to be pulling, you got to have everything going good and you have to execute a hundred percent on the day. Um, Whereas with the World Cups or the ABA, it's a season. But even those two are different where, you know, winning the World Cup title, every single race counts. So it's not about winning races necessarily. It's about being consistent and consistently being better than the other guys you're competing against. Whereas in the USA BMX, uh, you theoretically, you could race 20 times and only get 10 good finishes, but that's enough to put you up for the title. So you have to win races to be up for the ABA title. And uh, the reason why the USABMX one is so tough is one weekend you're racing on Rockford, and then the next weekend you're racing on Sarasota. <laughs> so and different. They're so opposite, and you have to be good at so many different things to be able to produce scores throughout the whole year. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. cool how they're all so different. Like you said, the World Cup one, you just- a lot of time you just have to be really consistent in the USA BMX one you got to win and obviously a one day format you got to win. I think that's pretty cool for our sport that there's there's different ways to win and it's not just a, a one formula. Absolutely. I think so too. And I think um, you know I, I think in my opinion the USA BMX one um, might be the hardest one to win because you have to win races at so many different types of tracks. You have to do it in the rain, you have to do it when it's cold in January or February and, and November when you're racing, and then you got to do it when it's hot in July, and you just you've got to have so much balance to be able to to produce scores throughout the whole year. And you have to be good too from like February to November, and that's that's tough to do. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you you definitely show up on weekends not feeling great, and you got to get a score. You know, you got to put it on the podium and um, keep, keep building the momentum. And even though you don't, feel, I mean, I did three weekends in a row in, in June with um, Salt Lake, Rockford, and, and South Park, bang, bang, bang. And, you know, that's that's a whole other ballgame in itself, just racing and traveling that much. It's tough. Did you ever think yeah, – can... go ahead, James. I was going to say, yeah, I can imagine it's tough to, like, keep your body fit and keep yourself healthy. And, like, you just talked about yourself being sick going into the Grands. Did you do anything differently in training just knowing that you were, you were already sick and, like, um, you had to kind of conserve energy? Um, well, the first – I guess, you know, we, we get about four weeks in between the last race in Houston and the Grands. And the first two weeks went incredible. I had Isaac Kennedy, the young Australian guy, overtraining with me. He uh, trains with Sean as well. And um, we he's fast as heck. I mean, he's going to be a force, I think, in the next few years. But he was pushing me every day. We were pushing each other. Things were going unbelievably in the first two weeks. Like, you couldn't have scripted it any better. And then I woke mm-hmm. up, um, you know, one morning, and I had the flu, and I just – was thrown up and just not feeling good and, and just sleeping 15 hours a night and didn't leave the house eating soup all day. And it was hard mentally. Cause it was like, 
I felt like I should be training, but I, you can't do that when you're sick. You have to try to get better. And, yeah. you know, I, I knew that no matter what I did in tra- for training, the number one thing that I had to try to focus on was being as healthy as I could be at the Grands. You know, I've got 20 years of riding in the bank. I'm not going to forget how to ride a bike in two weeks. But if I show up and I'm still sick, then, um, you know, that's the worst thing I could do. So I didn't really do anything for two weeks. I rode once or twice right before just to kind of get moving again. Um, but yeah, I, it was, it was tough. I've never had that happen before, you know, got real sick before a big event. And that was a huge challenge to keep the confidence high, even though, you know, I, I wasn't able to do what I, I wanted to do. Um, but I guess being 27, you know, and, and being, I guess, older and, and more mature helped in this scenario. Cause I was able to just remind myself that, you know, it's my ninth season racing pro, you know, two weeks missing training isn't going to kill me. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and it's so important to go into those weekends healthy and everything because they take a lot out of you. Did you? Oh, the Grands is brutal at the best of times. <laughs> no kidding. Um, Do, what... Doing gates at 6.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> it's so... What, you think of... what other sport has to do that? I mean, the crazy thing is you do your first gate at 6.30 in the morning and your last gate at 10.30 p.m. It's awful. <laughs> like, oh my we, God. Did, we did our motos uh, Grands Day and then I went, I went to Whole Foods and then I went back to the hotel and took a nap before the night show. Did you, we were talking before, like, because The Rock was essentially kind of meaningless for, meaningless for you, essentially. Yeah. I always kind of wondered, you guys that are up for the title, did you ever think about skipping it or maybe just doing a few laps and not racing the rest Absolutely. of the day? Yeah. 100%. And um, it was on my radar this year because I was a little bit, you know, under the weather. And if I started to feel real bad halfway through the day, I was going to pull the pin. Um, but I felt really good, so... I kept going and the track wasn't too demanding. Uh, it was, you know, it wasn't too long. It wasn't too tough. So it didn't take too much out of you. And yeah, you know, even come the end of the rock day, I still, I still felt pretty fresh. So I wasn't too, too worried about it. But, um, you know, it, the hardest part for me was just knowing it meant nothing. And, yeah, you know, knowing that I was going to get a thousand bucks if I won and 500 bucks if I got second and the winner of April was going to get 2000 bucks. You know, that was a little bit <laughs> annoying too. So it was like, you know, what, what do you, what, you just, you just get out there and race. You know, that's what we do. Yeah. And just, it's kind of good in a way too, to get into the rhythm and just keep it floored all weekend rather than taking a day off and then trying to get going the next day. Exactly. And you also get laps on the track, which is good. Just get, you know, get the track tiled in. Um, James, you got anything else before we ask some fan questions? Um, well, here's my, it was kind of like a one of, I was going to ask a quick shot, but what is your, what is your take on the three main event format? I love the three main events for the grands only. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah. I, I, agree. I think at the grands at the night show, I mean, the night show is the best race of the year. In my opinion, it is the best atmosphere. It's the best production. It's the best show. You know, that's, that's my favorite race of the entire season is the grands night show. Everything leading up to it is my least favorite race of the weekend of the year, and then the Grand Night <laughs> Show is my favorite part of the year. And um, at that event, when they have the three mains, the fans are watching. The fans know the points. You know, everyone knows what's going on. It's great. Um, everywhere else, I can't stand it because you know you go, you win the first main, and then you get fifth, fifth. But people only saw the first main. They're like, "Hey, good job, you won." You're like, "No, nah, I got, I got fourth." <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I also think that at the Grands, when the title's up for grabs, it really shows who the best guy is because you have to win best out of three. So I think that part, you know, is, is really cool as well. 
James, right go, yeah. go for some quick shots. I can't pull it up. Yeah. All right. I got us. All right. Here's the first quick shot. Would you have blasted Corbin in the last turn if it was for the win <laughs> and the title? Yeah, I mean, it, not just him in particular, anybody. I mean, you get, you get $10,000 plus a sponsor bonus and your name on the banner in the championship. Like, you know, we're not here to make friends. We're here to win races. That's 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 the job. But I might have gotten DQ'd, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one's from Hugo Oliveira, 51. How did you celebrate a win like this one? And congrats. I went to Applebee's. I was, um, I was just going to say, did you go to I Applebee's? Got chick- <laughs> I got chicken wings and a beer, and uh, then I went home, packed my bike, and flew out first thing in the morning. Sounds good. But I'm on the way to California <laughs> right now. I'm driving down, me and uh, my fiance are going to our wedding venue to taste the food and, and the cake, and I'm looking forward to that, so this will be a little bit of a celebration. All right, this one's from JJH48. What did you think about on the starting hill before the big race? Did you get hyped up or chill out? Um, kind of in the middle, you know, that, that was something that I really struggled with early in my career was I'd either get too hyped up or be too mellow. Uh, just trying to learn, you know, where to, where to be mentally before, you know, that kind of that fine line of being focused and calm, but also ready to go. So I just tried to go through the same thing that I always go through and not do anything different, knowing that it is the grands or the, the titles on the line. I did the same thing I did all year. Um, it was harder for sure and and, you know obviously with the situation and the points and all that it was tough but i just tried to do the exact same thing i've done for years and stay as focused as i could fair enough this one's kind of similar but uh from max ganikovsky he just said what was going through your head in the very last grand's main Beat three guys. Just stay up. <laughs> don't hit the gate. I got so late because I was like, I just don't hit the gate. I, I was just in my head. I had, I was like, hit the gate, unclip, roll around the track in eighth place, just devastated. You oh, know, I was just, yeah. I was just trying to get out clean, get into the race, you know, and, and get a, the first turn was tiny uh, this year, and I was just trying to get around the first turn clean. Um, that was kind of the goal, but also to go back on that first question about the the blasting thing, if I mm-hmm. was winning and. Corbin blasted me or if I was winning and someone else blasted me, I wouldn't be upset. You know, like Sam took me out leading the worlds in 2014, but I, I wasn't mad at all. I understood like that's, that's the racing. That's, that's what we do. Um, and when titles are on the line, that's to be expected. So just to go back on that, you know, if if it would happen to me, I would have been pissed obviously, but at the same time, I understood. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, what did you think about the, the track this year? Um, I thought it was better than last year's for sure. Um, you know, the, the, the rhythm was long, the pro set was big. The one thing that I always wonder is with all that room, why they make the first straight so short. I, I, um, that's what I said in the intro too. I, I've always disliked that. I do not understand it for the life of me. Uh, it's even worse for kids because they don't get gate pick, they get random. So you could win all your races all year, be up for the NAC title, win your semi, randomize, you get gate eight, and, you know, you're in trouble. Um, with all that floor space, I wish they would make the first straight longer just to make it a little bit more fair. Other than that, I yeah. thought the track was pretty good. Yeah, I'm on board with that, too. The rest of it looked okay, I thought, too. Yeah. 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 Um, that's about it. All the other ones are kind of we already covered. So, uh, yeah, that's about it for the quick shots. All right. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate yeah. it. Congrats on the title, and uh, enjoy the wine tasting. You guys deserve it. Absolutely. Thanks, man. You guys have a good rest of the show. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Talk to you thanks, soon. Thanks, See ya. 
Connor Fields, everyone. That was cool. Connor Fields. Really cool. Really cool to hear the whole backstory between, like, what do you need to do going into the race, the points, how it was all working out, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think a lot of time people don't understand, like, the how much goes into it mentally because obviously he's trying to win the race and stuff but you got to know the points like you said you got to know if you're in fourth or fifth if you need to go for a move in the last corner if you don't like that's so important oh big time yeah you don't want to be sitting in a safe spot thinking you're fine and then realizing you needed that one spot and you're like i had a shot like i could have done it yeah like you imagine going through the rhythm section oh shit he's leading he's in third okay i need to send him right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i need to go for it right now or doing the complete opposite. You're like, I think I need to blast him. So you do you eat ship, and then you were fine if you stayed up and even got a place worse. It's like, no, and it's like, uh, you need to know. Mm-hmm, straight up. Um, so. so elite women. Al cleaning up yes. the house. Yeah, she's doing what Al does. And Al, she's She seems really difficult to beat on these kind of tracks where it's a, maybe a flatter hill, a slower first rate. She's just so powerful. It seems like she's, it's hard to beat her there. Yeah, she's an absolute horse. Yeah, honestly, yeah, straight up. Yeah, she's and I know horse. what her and Felicia were both up for the title technically, um, but I assume the points were similar to what Connor and Corbin was, where I'm sure at least didn't have to win. Um, but I mean, hey, she did anyways. Yeah, and Felicia was good though. Yeah, she was great. Like I think Felicia's this year has looked really good. Um, she's had some really good first straights as well, and then even in one of the mains, she was able to beat her down the first straight and win the race and I think that just showed she was she was there to, to compete and try to make a run for that title yeah she's improved a lot and I think she's going to be up for the title for the next few years because she's she's mm-hmm. only what 23 uh, I think so yeah and she's been in school I mean the past couple of years two or three years so I think she's only now starting to focus more full time on BMX I think she'll win a title at some point uh, maybe not yeah, against yeah. Elise or maybe but like Felicia's going to have a long career I think so I think she'll win a title yeah I would agree and then, who else was looking good there? Laws was looking really good this weekend again. Um, yeah, she was pipey down the first, like, down the first straight, down the second straight, she looked good. Um, yeah, she works so hard, and you can tell she's worked a lot on her gates and first straights, and um, they look way better, and she's competitive with the entire class. Like, she rode really well. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really cool to see. They, their whole class was really good, like her uh, with Brooke and Verhagen as well. The whole group of those five were just, it seemed like they were battling all the mains. It was really cool to see. Yeah, they were on it. They were on it. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool to see. The, the women's racing was really good. Brooke raced well, too. Mm-hmm. So it made, made the class fun and exciting to watch again. I think so, too. Um, should we call yeah. Felicia? Yeah, we should. And we didn't even mention that she was on that one Pro of the Year. That's when yeah. we're having her on. Pro of the Year, yeah. That's our 2019 Pro of the Year, Felicia Stancil. <laughs> 2019 Pro of the Year, Felicia Stancil. First, congrats on winning Pro of the Year. That's awesome. Hi, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. It must have been really cool yeah. to accept an award like that. Yeah, I was really shocked. Uh, I This might have been my first time up for it, first or second time up for it. And I wasn't really thinking that I was going to win it. And they called my name, and like one of my best friends just started jumping up and down right next to me. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, you had-, had a great year, so it was very well-deserved, I thought. Thank you. Yeah, what did you think about your year overall? Um, the year went really well. Um, going into the year, I didn't really have any goals. Um, my only goals were to get better. So, um, yeah, I think I exceed, like, exceeded my expectations since I didn't have any. And I ended up both season overall second. So, 
that was pretty awesome. Um, how many wins did you have this year? In the USA BMX, I had six wins. Nice. Okay. Yeah. You had a, and plenty of podiums, like too. So you, I, Go ahead, Jane. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, you had a bunch of wins and then a bunch of podiums as well. So was this you had a good shot going in for the title going into the weekend. Was this your first time being up with, uh, with a good shot at the title? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I didn't really plan to like be go like up for the title, but I mm-hmm. guess that's how it happens. And um, everyone was just like telling me like you're up for the title, and I, I really was like, oh dang, I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was my first time. Were you feeling more nervous going into the grands, knowing that you had some more expectations, maybe, on you're up for the title? Not really. I was already, like, really happy with the entire year, so I just went into Grands and, uh, like, wanting to have fun and just, like, see what happens. What was the point, yeah, what was the point situation like between you and Elise? Like, if you won, what place did she have to get uh, for you to win the title? I didn't calculate it, like, to the number. I think if I won and she got, like, third or fourth, maybe... Um, I didn't like precisely like calculate it. Uh, I, so not exactly sure, but maybe third or fourth. So next, like next year, obviously the Olympic year is coming up and everything. Um, it's going to be tough to balance the world cups and USA BMX schedule and everything. Do you plan on doing a full USA BMX series still, or maybe you're going to focus more on the world cups or what's kind of your plan? I think, um, I'm going to lean more towards the USA BMX series next year. Um, the World Cups this year, I raced a lot of them, um, and I ended up second overall. So I think I'm gonna do more USA BMX stuff. I'm still gonna do all the like all the World Cups, um, but I think my I'm gonna like focus more on USA BMX stuff. Everything's done by um, the Olympics, so that's kind of crazy that we'll be done traveling internationally it by is, then. It is the first year. That yeah. that is gonna be weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone's going to have the whole second half of the year to do whatever, James. <laughs> They're not going to know what to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be golfing. Uh, <laughs> I was curious, Felicia, how did your, your race day go at Grands? Because, uh, I mean, you look good. You won one of the mains there. Uh, how did you feel the race day went for you? I think it went well. In the motos, um, me and Elise only raced one time each day. And... Um, yeah, I was pretty close each time, and I knew I had to have, like, a perfect lap to get her. So um, one of the finals, it went really, really well for me, and um, I ended up getting her. But, yeah, the other ones, um, she's got some horsepower down that first straight. Yeah, she's a horse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you think of the track overall this year? The track was good. I think it was pretty similar to 2016. Did you guys race that year? No, I didn't go in 2016, but that's what quite a few people um, said I saw. Yeah, it was nice. Good pro set. I tried the pro set in practice, did you, but I didn't race it. <laughs> did you make it through? <laughs> only, I only tried the first one, but it was big. It's a lot bigger than it looks. I think it's, it's so I think it's so cool in elite women when one of you women send it in the, uh, in the mains. It just adds so much excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they need to make that a standard that it's like sizable for both ages or both groups because yeah that is so cool when it's, they do that. it's seriously so cool when like you or Brooke or Elise if you're behind maybe in second or third or need to make a move and you go and send it that's awesome 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should have done it. Too late now. <laughs> um, got anything else, James? Before we get some fan questions, I was just I was curious. Was it was it tough trying to race right after you won the Pro of the Year? Because I think you said it was maybe a little bit unexpected. Uh, was it tough to basically accept the award and then just line right back up in the gate after that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, uh, quite a few people actually asked me that. Um, I don't think it was. I th- I knew it might have been a possibility just because of like how well I did at the World Cups this year. And just like I felt a lot of support this year at the USA BMX races. So I knew it was a possibility and like made sure I was like warmed up before. But yeah. I think it made me even more excited because it was a long day. So, if anything, it, w- it would have helped, I think. Oh. Um, yeah, we got some fan questions for you. Should we hop into those, Tar? Yeah, let's hop in. Go for it, James. All right. Uh, first question of the three main event format. Can you repeat that? Are you a fan of the three main event format? Oh yes, I, I like it for grands. I think every single national it'd be like kind of kind of hard, but I I think it's awesome for grands. Yeah, it's kind of what Connor said too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question: Would you have blasted Elise in the last corner if it was for the win and the title? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I I think it, <laughs> I don't know if I maybe had like more momentum and like. The door was open and just like, I think a lot of things would have had to like align up. But if I had like more momentum and if I would have done it not in the dirtiest way, maybe. It's a possibility, <laughs> yeah. All right, fair. Uh, next one from Cammy Johnson 3 When did you really get serious about BMX? So, um, my dad actually used to race BMX. I don't think a lot of people know that. Um, but yeah, my dad used to race BMX, and so I started racing at four, and um, my first MBL Grands was at five years old, and I got quartered, but then the next year at six girls, I won, so um, yeah, pretty early, pretty early. Yeah, okay. Uh, from Jesse Smith BMX, she says, I understand you're a big fan of gated houses. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, th- <laughs> um, I guess you feel safe. Safety is good. <laughs> yeah, we don't know the backstory. That's okay. <laughs> um, this one's from Esteban Haneo. I don't really know how to say this one, but he says, "What have you done differently this year to become so much more successful?" This was the first year that I fully focused on BMX. Um, I've always done school, um, so I think probably that extra time just helped me, like, mentally, like, want it more, first of all, and then physically, like, have more time to train. So, okay. That kind of, I was just kind of a similar question, but from JJH48, who's said, what kind of things or things did you do that helped you to get to where you are now? Um, probably consistency. Ride your bike a lot. Ride your bike a lot, a lot. <laughs> you were in school the past couple of years, so this has been your first year not in school, right? Yeah. I Last fall was my last semester at Marion. So okay. this is, I fully focused on um, pro professional BMX racing this year. And it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. 
did you feel like that helped you a lot to make a difference yeah just to even have time to like rest and like in school you're just like studying so much like go in the library for like five hours walking up and down the stairs a lot it just yeah so I think being out of school kind of like it mentally made me want it more um I think that was a big thing of just like mentally wanting to win for me yeah sure um from jroa bmx uh what is the feeling like of being introduced at the grand's final um i guess during the big pro rollout he's talking about uh, for the rollout yeah well it's kind of scary because you can't see anything like all the lights (laughs) are on you but you can't see anything um so yeah I, like, want to put my hand up to, like, wave to people because I know everyone can see me. But then I can't even see the first jump. And I'm like, okay, hand up now. (laughs) (laughs) The last thing you want to do in one of those things is crash. (laughs) (laughs) That you would not be able to live that down. (laughs) No. Um, All right, last one here for get you uh, from Nicole. Blow it to your friend from Nicole. (laughs) What were some of the best times during college attending Marion? Um... Probably, probably, I have a lot of funny stories with, like, Nicole and Sam Miller, so probably just hanging out with those two, and some other girls as well. BMXers, they, they like to have fun. Yeah, they do. This, this is very true. <laughs> you guys should come for a college party, it's fun. Oh, I bet, I bet. I'm too, I'm too old for that stuff now. Yeah, I didn't even see you at, like, the after parties this year for the World Cup story. No, I'm too old. You're like just a couple years older than me. Uh, well, thanks, thanks for coming on, Felicia. We really appreciate it, and congrats on a on a great year, and congrats on winning Pro of the Year. You deserve it. Thanks, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Enjoy, enjoy the thanks holidays. With, enjoy the holidays with your family. Thank you. You as well. Talk Hope to see soon. you guys soon. See you later. Later. Bye. Bye. Oh, Felicia Stancil, Pro of the Year. Pro of the Year. Really cool to hear. Yeah, that was, yeah, her first time winning. I think she said maybe first or maybe second time being up for that. So that's cool. Yeah, and um, interesting to hear her say that she's going to focus a lot on the U.S. series next year because most people are going to be gearing up towards the Olympics. Yeah, I think that was kind of interesting too because she made a good point that yeah, all the World Cups are going to be done as of the summer, and then they have after Olympics. There's a few months there of just kind of nothing so far. Yeah. So why not? Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, go for the title. Have a crack. And we didn't say at the beginning of the show, but congrats on uh, Tegan winning amateur number one overall for girls. That's incredible. Yeah, that's Canadian history right there. She's the, uh, I think, the first girl to win that, right? First male or female from Canada to ever win amateur one in yeah. the U.S. That's huge. That is so cool. She's been killing it all year. She she won a Canadian number one in Canada for girls. Now she won it in the U.S. I mean... She's been on it. She's been killing it. Canadian BMX history. That's big. I think I think we have a really strong future with our Canadian women because in that same class with her was Molly Simpson in second. And Molly had a, almost had her down the first straight. They had a heck of a battle, and they were 1-2 the whole race. And um, I think they're going to be great moving forward. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Like, what a big day for Canadian BMX. It's going to inspire other people to know that they can do that as well from Canada. So that's awesome. Yeah, really cool to see. Yeah, she's a really nice kid, too. I'm really happy for her. Yeah, works hard. Yeah, great family. 
It's cool to see. Um, congrats to Raleigh House as well, amateur number one overall. Yeah, we talked about it. It's like we need to have a little amateur show to get these ones on because it would be cool just to hear from them. We don't really, you know, talk about the amateurs that much because there's not, I mean, not much to talk about all the time. But at the Grands here, there was some excitement. Yeah, I met Riley at Nick's wedding too. He's a cool guy, so it's cool to see him win. Mm-hmm. Quite the battle they had too. He uh, he passed him down the pro set when he, I think he was in the first turn and second or third. Took the pro stat while the other guys took the amateur side. He passed him and almost got blasted in the last turn, and he got it by like half a tire length. Dude, I just missed this main because I was busy, so I haven't watched it yet. But I saw the the uh, photo finish that line. I got to go back and watch it because I heard it was insane yeah. race. Yeah, go check it out. It's worth a watch. It was pretty epic. Who's he battling with? Um, there were two guys. I don't know who they were. <laughs> One of the guys, Kaya Fu, maybe. And oh yeah, some yeah. Other guy on the same full tilt team, I think. Yeah, I gotta rewatch it though because I heard it was really exciting. Yeah, no, it was worth it. Did you watch any of the A Pro? I did a bit. Yeah, Picardo looked good. Yeah. Yeah, he looked good. I, I thought he was gonna give Jace a little bit more run for his money, but Jace is on it. He's won a bunch this year. Yeah, he has. He he looks good. Um, I guess he's. Do you think to, he should be double A? Are they both going to double A this next year? Uh, I would. I don't know what the rulings is like if they have to, but. I would think they've both won enough that I would think they would be going double A. They should, because I mean, A Pro is a stepping, like it's a stepping stone class. So I think yeah. if they they did the whole year and they got first and second or whatever, they should move up to double A. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so too. I mean, I, I don't know how old Jace is. I think Bacardo's like twenty now, probably. I think Bacardo would Jace want to. Probably a couple. He's what? I think Bacardo would want to, wouldn't he? I would think so. Yeah, I would think they both wanted to want to. Yeah, at the end of the day, like you say, it's a stepping stone. You, you want to be into that. Premier class, the double-A class. Yeah, so I think Bacardo will turn double-A next year. So it'll be interesting to see how he'd do in double-A next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Cool yeah. that he won Rookie Pro of the Year, because, yeah, he did have a good rookie year. Yeah, he Pro. did. Yeah, he did. He yeah. had a good year in A-Pro. He won a lot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Sauce Drip. I don't know what else his <laughs> Sauce team is, whatever that is. Shibby! <laughs> Young Shibby. <laughs> um, anything else, Grand? Uh, I'm a little bummed we weren't out there to spend the weekend with the Answer S squared Claymore team. The pits looked fantastic. Oh, like, they look like always. Yeah, the Answer S squared pits look look bitching. They were low key putting out some uh, some hints, some news about some new products coming out too. They looked pretty exciting. Dude, the new 2020 S squared frame looks sick. Yeah, the new sti- I saw those new stickers on it. It looks good. Yeah, it looks really dope. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's always a fun time there. I had a really good time at the Grands when I went when I was. Uh, you know, back in my day, um, <laughs> and now it was really fun. Like they have a really good setup, and it's it's cool. Yeah. What do you What do you say next year? We plan this now. We're going next year. I'll race, and we're gonna do a coffee chatter show at the Grands. Yeah, I definitely want to do that. We wanted to do that this year, but we just didn't. But next yeah, year, financially, it wasn't in the cards. Next year, I'd love to go and just hang out. And I'm just I'm a content guy now, James. You're a big content guy, a big fan favorite kind of guy. I'm People a, just a, want to see your face at these races. I'm a content guy, James. Yeah. So Show I that got, face around, sign some autographs, kiss some babies, whatever you need to do. Exactly. <laughs> you know, have a little live show, maybe go around a little vlog or a little film, get some content. That would be so much fun. Sounds, and I'll just drink coffee and hang out. Yeah, we're doing it. Dude, I absolutely want to do it. Yeah, it's happening next year. We're doing it. All right, so sweeping declaration, coffee chatter is going to the Grands next year. Yeah, we're calling it now. I'll we need like, to get some more sponsors on board to rack us money up for this, but we're doing it. I'll be like, Savvy, <laughs> savvy great news. We're spending Thanksgiving in Tulsa. <laughs> savvy, you never got to do this before. I'm going to give you a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do this with me now. We're spending uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> at the Radisson. 
You're going to have your Cracker Barrel uh, Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to Cracker Barrel every day. <laughs> That's it. The barrel is an absolute staple in Tulsa. Uh, it really is, isn't it? That, I never knew until like last year when I went. That, that's where everybody gets their Thanksgiving dinner from, too. Yep. The Cracker Barrel and also the so. Ruby Tuesdays by there. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Or Applebee's. Those so. are your three choices. You got you got very few, but you got to pick them. <laughs> Thanks, ProGate Europe. Winning starts the Great Gate. Connor Felicia. They have great gates on ProGate Europe's. They, they sure do. All the winners of the weekend, they sure did do. Tyler did. Elise. They were killing it. All right. Until next week. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya.